Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. Did you say I'm your wife? I'm I'm assuming people know I'm your wife. (laughs) Yes, we're married. That's Jeff. Anyway, Jeff and I are so happy to be a part of this church, and we are just really excited to see City Life go to the next level, and that's what we're really excited about. We want to see it grow and go to the next level, and we're here to stick through thick and thin to make it happen. We just love you guys here. Yes, amen. Thank you, Mom. Anyway, Jeff and I usually sit up over here in this little corner, but a lot of times, if you notice that Jeff is gone and I'm gone a lot, it's just because Jeff travels a lot with his job, and he works with Dave and Nick with CCI, and so if we're not up here in our little spot there, it's usually because he's out of town or I'm in the nursery, and I love the babies, I love the kids, and I love the kids and love working with the babies. But lately, I've been back there a lot, so a little hint, hint. We need a little, little more help back there. But I, I love being with kids. Before we moved, been here about a year and a half now, but we moved from Arizona and moved here. I was a preschool teacher for several years, so I love kids. And as I'm talking, if you think that I'm talking at an elementary or preschool level, I'm sorry. That's what I'm used to. Everything is really simple. And their attention spans about five to 10 minutes max. So I get it if some of you are the same way, because I, I kind of doze off and then we'll have snack and then we'll go outside for recess. Does that sound good? <laughs> anyway, but seriously, when my brother Steve, does it sound good, snack? My brother Steve asked me to speak and I'm thinking, oh God, no, it's the last thing I want to do on Mother's Day. But you know what? And I, of course I said, I'll pray about it. <laughs> but I already knew in my heart that God wanted me to share. And I know, you know, you think about Mother's Day. What can you say? You can say a million things. And I know Mother's Day isn't always the easiest for a lot of ladies. There's a lot of single moms that don't get doted on, and their kids are small, so they don't really un- even understand how to bless mom on Mother's Day. And then there's mothers who have lost children, and it's an excruciating, painful day or mothers that have lost their mother. It's just sometimes it can be really hard. And so if you're here today, we just want to love on you and bless you, and that's what we're here for. So I pray for you that somewhere in today that you'll receive just a blessing from from Jesus. Anyway, I don't want to necessarily preach or teach. I just kind of, I just like hanging out and just sharing my heart. So I don't have anything fancy, no PowerPoints. I don't really even have a title. My dad was saying, what's the title? You got your four points and you know. I love my dad, but you know, I'm just, I just wanna share. So, and again, it's, it's not really even necessarily geared towards a fluffy Mother's Day type message. It's a message for everybody. And I think in there, interspersed would be things for moms. Cause that's my heart. I love moms and I love being a mom. So again, Lord, I just pray right now that you would take over my, my mind, my spirit, my voice. Let everyone here today leave with something that they can be encouraged. In Jesus' name, amen. First of all, just a little bit about myself. You know that I'm married to Jeff. We've been married about 28 years, and 
it's been the best years of my life and some of the hardest years, too. That's just marriage, you know? You love and you hate, you love, but we just love each other and we've made it through this far. We continue to, to grow and we're each other's best friends. And we have three beautiful adult children. My oldest is still in Arizona living and then I have two sitting here in the front and it makes my heart happy that they're here. So family is a ver uh, very much a priority to me and my marriage, and I know outside things can come in and really try to steal against that. And so over the years, we have really worked to make family the priority. And it hasn't always been easy. Jeff and I would put other things, and being in ministry and in being on staff as a pastor, there's a lot of other people that need, 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 and so it, there were times that took us away from our kids, and we've had to kind of work through that, and we've We've worked through it and apologized and kind of adjusted, and we're still just as close as ever as with our kids and Jeff and I, but you have to guard that time. Things will come and try to just tear apart that quality time as a family. So I really stress family time's huge. Anyway, I grew up in this church, and Earl and Leanne, my parents, were the pastors of it many years ago before they handed it over to my brother Steve. And um, it's, just, it's just an honor to be here today. And I want to honor my mom. She is one of the most gracious, loving, caring women that there ever has been. And if you've met her, that's just who she is. She, exude, she exuberates that. And the one thing that I really appreciated her, and you can come up here right now, is she was always constant. There was just a constant trust in God. Nothing ever wavered her at all. In fact, I'd be like, Mom, get upset a little bit. Dad's kind of yelling at you. You need to, I mean, not that he would he yell. yell <laughs> not that he would ever, he would just get a little riled. And she would just be this peaceful, constant woman that just was so full of faith in God. And a lot of it was because she would have that time alone, that prayer time. And that is one of the key things. I remember our house we had a bigger home with lots of bedrooms because they had five kids, and we had the little baseboard heaters that would heat. So each room, it was kind of expensive to heat the house so everything else would be turned off during the night. But she would get up in the morning and go in the bathroom because it was the smallest little room, the cheapest, where you could turn the little heater up, the little, you know, and she'd be in there getting ready, and she, I could hear her praying. I could hear her listening to little cassette tapes of the Word of God, and her five kids... We are so close. We love each other. We're a tight-knit family. And um, we're all loving God, and I appreciate the prayers of this woman. And I know there's moms here that say, well, I've been praying, I've been believing, but we don't have that yet. So hang on. I really felt yeah. my spirit. Yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen if you just yeah. keep believing for your, yes. your kids. Anyway, I wanted to ask my mom. I don't know if she... You just have to talk loud. Oh, oh. I asked her to share a word of wisdom and raising her five children, what are the one or two most important things maybe that come to your mind when you, when you raised us? I'm kind of speechless, but I have a lot to say. <laughs> so maybe that's good that I won't uh, talk too much that way if I'm a little bit hesitating. But I do appreciate so much family. Thank you, Diane. You're such a sweetheart. And all of our children, all five of them are sweethearts. And love them dearly. And I believe a real key in family life is love. Mm -hmm. Here's my little live, laugh, love. 
but I choose, or I've chosen, to prioritize, and love is at the top, then live and then laugh. And I think these are real keys to happy home life. Love, first of all, love God with all mm -hmm. of our hearts, as moms, as everyone, our heart, soul, mind, and strength to love him and to Amen. love him fiercely, to love him beyond, above and beyond anything we could Amen. think of in terms of love. In fact, it's God's love, that unconditional, forever love. And that's the kind of love we want as moms, right? For our children, for our families. We're approaching 50 in our family. Five children, all married, and then 16 grandchildren, and then some of those are, most of those, or many of those are married. And, and we have 11 great-grands. So it's counting, adding up to close to 50. And we are so blessed. We are so blessed to have every one of them. Okay, the key, I believe, for success in family is lots and lots of prayer. I have three points that I want to bring out. One, pray. The second one, guess. Pray. The third one, guess. Pray. Pray, pray, pray. And that's not always necessarily a position you're in or that you have to kneel or, or whatever, sit and quiet yourself, although those, are, those times are important. I call them closet times. And I have, a thankfully, a large closet. And I have a stool in there, and that's a daily practice to kneel at the stool. And I thought, Lord, do you really want me to go in there and bring everybody in there and let them know what we do? And it was like, yes, you need to share. So what I do, and if this is something that you can apply, whether you're a mom or any one of you, let me tell you, it works. And it doesn't take hours and hours, although sometimes hours and hours are necessary. But every day, take a few moments of your day. Uh, near the beginning is the best, but if it doesn't work, then do it whenever. And kneel down. I believe it's a position of humility. So I say, Lord, I humble myself in your presence. I come to you realizing my desperate need for you. I mean, pray desperate prayers, right? And then go on to say what you want to say in terms of those needs. You yield and surrender to his lordship, as we sang about this morning. And we call on him to give us wisdom and grace to make decisions with our family and to do the right thing, to lead them, help lead them, and guide them in the right path. We don't always know the full gamut of what that is, but we daily can present ourselves as those that can intercede and stand in the gap. And here's a word I felt like God said, tell them they have a second chance if they've goofed up and haven't done what they needed to do in the area of prayer. I give a second chance, or third and fourth chance and move on to being consistent it doesn't like I said have to be a long time but make it a habit presenting yourself yielding yourself surrendering as we sang this morning and just calling on God and acknowledging him as your Lord and master mm -hmm. and that's what we want to see happen with our children and you can go on and on in your prayer time whatever personal things you want to bring but the main thing is, Lord, I want to live this day out 
to please you, to bring you pleasure. That's the key, to bring him pleasure. I want to say and do things that are pleasing to you. So these are the kinds of things that I feel are real key as a mother and as in raising your children. And I just want to leave those with you. I could go on and on, but I won't. I believe you got the idea. Pray, pray, pray. Mm-hmm. And that's Thank the spiritual you. part. Yes. Okay. What's one thing real super quick in the natural? Love, I covered. God's love, that unconditional love. Live. Live the life of Christ, how he, how he lives. And laugh is the one yes. I wanted to, yes. to uh, stop yeah. and kind of highlight. But we'll do that another time. Because you've got to have fun times as yes, a family. Yes, that's very right? true. And yes. Laugh so hard that your sides ache sometimes. <laughs> and believe me, that's a medicine. Yes, that's, it is. That's a healthy thing to do. So keep yes. it up. Yes. Thank you, Diane. She would say the same stuff for your grandkids as a grandmother. Yes. Pray, pray, pray. Amen. Have a great time with them. Amen. 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 Thank you, Mom. I love every one of our kitties. Yes, she's a great grandma. Also with Jeff's mom, she was a prayer warrior too because Jeff had his little wild <laughs> wild days where he was out partying and drinking and didn't want church, didn't want anything with God, have anything to do with God. And that woman prayed and prayed. A couple of her other kids kind of had some issues too, but I mean, she was a woman of prayer and she kept harping on Jeff and nagging him, you need to be in church. You need, and then finally, the Lord, she felt the Lord just tell her, you know what, shut up. Talk to me about it. He didn't say shut up, but he just said be quiet. Talk to me, the Father God. Don't be naked on him. And Jeff remembers sneaking into the house at 2 or 3 in the morning, and he could hear his mom praying, quietly praying, you know. And it just eventually, it just got to him where the Holy Spirit, he couldn't couldn't take it. It, He had to get back into church. And so I really do believe in the power of prayer. So, And then other moms would come up to Connie, his mom, and say, my son or daughter, you know, they're not walking with the Lord. Would you pray? And she'd say, yes, I can pray with you. You are the mama. You have a direct line to God. You're the bloodline. You can pray. I'll pray with you. So it doesn't matter, you know, where in life you are. You, you can pray for your kids, and there's power in it. And again, I just want to reiterate the prayer, the spending time in the Word. And as young moms, especially, I remember being dead tired. I can't pray. But I mean, sometimes if you're just sitting there feeding the bottle, just say, God, ah, I'm exhausted, but I need you. I love you. My heart's there. God gets it. Those who are dealing with teens or college age and you're busy or you're working full time as a mom and you're juggling, he gets it. Just even in the car, just talk, pray. I look at it as literally like an oxygen mask. You know, in the airplane, they always tell you, put it on first so that you can help. We need to have that time with God. It's like the oxygen, the air that keeps us alive so that we can be what we need to be for our family, our kids, or our workplace, or wherever. We desperately need that air to be coming through. Anyway, I haven't really even got to my message, and I'll try to hurry through here. But I was really praying, Lord, what one thing can I really talk about? And I know Steve had a good word last week, but I was in the nursery, so I didn't get to hear it. But I heard it was good about destiny, about what is the passion and the calling, the giftings, we need to revisit that and stir that up again and get going. We're wasting too much time. We need to be using our talent. What is that? Or I could talk about trust. 
I'm a worrier. I've dealt with fear. Jeff could tell you this. The enemy, that's where he gets me, is fear. I just get overtaken by it. I've got scriptures around, the bathroom, the car. You know, I've got Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing but everything by prayer and supplication. Let your requests be made known to the Lord. I've got cast all your cares upon him. I have 2 Corinthians 10, 5, where it talks about bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ and those lies that come in. I bring it, this is what you say, Lord. And I have grown. I'm not there. I still, the enemy likes to come in and get his fear back in there. But I've grown inch by inch, and the gap is getting bigger, so I'm still working on it. But it's, it's a work in progress. But it was like, that wasn't it either, and I kept praying and praying. Then about a week ago, we were having a Saturday night prayer and worship here, and Heather was singing away, and I was sitting right there, and the Lord said, would you be willing to talk about the year or two period where you were really doubting God and questioning my existence and whether I was really real or not? I'm like, I, I, I can't do that. I can't do that, God. That is, like, vulnerable. That's, that's really deep and kind of private. If anybody ever knew I was raised in a pastor's home. I was a pastor's wife for 20 years. I mean, me, doubting, really doubting. This was about 8 to 10 years ago. There was just a lot of stuff going on. My, like I said, my family life was good. Jeff was an incredible husband. My kids were a little younger at this age, so they didn't really know what was going on. But I just, there was just some horrific things happening around us that we were walking through Things. As a pastor's wife, we would pray and counsel and be in people's lives where there's just horrific stuff to deal with, drugs, divorce, lawsuits, suicides, death, and they just wanted you to be a part of everything. And I was just like, God, this doesn't make sense to me at all. Are you really, really real? When Jeff came to the Lord, it was just like boom, bam. He, God changed his heart so much that he was never going back. This and it was like kind of later in his life. And so he's just, I mean, he's had a few little times, but I mean, God is so real to him. But I think because maybe I was raised in the church, and I'm not saying that you can't know that God's real if you've been in the church and never out in the world, per se. But for some reason, I struggled with that later in my life. I was like in my 40s, and it was hitting me. I started spiraling down, and I was getting discouraged and depressed and no hope and no faith. And here I am. I do the same thing over and over. I come up and sit on the front row with my husband, put on the good face, and yes, and worship God, and you're real. But in my heart, I was dying. It was hard. And most people didn't even really know that this was going on. I felt very disconnected, distant, and kind of numb in my heart. And a lot of it was, I think, unanswered prayers. I had bore my heart out and praying for other people and praying for things in my own family. And I, I wasn't seeing the answers to prayer that I wanted and the compassion God has made my heart. My husband and my kids know this. I, my heart literally hurts when other people are hurting and grieving. That I, I can only take so much because my God has made me with a heart of compassion. I can't watch certain movies. I can't watch the news. Some social media is almost too much for me of the things going on in people's lives. And I believe God's created me that way to pray and to really come alongside of people and weep with them. But sometimes it can overtake me, and that really threw me off. I'm like, God, if you really cared, this would not be happening. You're not real because these people are, and this is going on, and this country is devastated, and where are you? And then I felt, God, 
He's like, it's okay to doubt. It's okay to doubt. It's okay to have anger. It's okay to not understand and just be like, God, because I look at the Bible and David, I always think of David. Why have you forsaken me, God? Where are you? I'm mad at you and what's going on? But yet I will praise the Lord. And I think of doubting Thomas. I, he gets a bad rap sometimes, but he was a friend and a disciple of Jesus and he doubted and he had to see proof. He's like, Lord, Show me the nails and the scars in your hand when you were on the cross. I need to see. And that's the kind of person I am. I, I have to have proof. It says in the Bible, though, blessed are those who see and believe. But those who don't even see and believe, wow. And I, I'm getting there. I'm working on it. But, boy, in that period of my life, when I was doubting so much like that, Satan just jumped all over me. Of course, that was the thing he was loving, that I was questioning God. You know, he just totally wreaked havoc on He was lying to me all the time. And the thing about it is so funny is that people would say, Diane, you're such a woman of faith. I love it when you pray. You pray with such fervor and faith. And then I'd have prophetic words. People would say, you know what? God's called you to be a woman of faith. And I'd grab hold of that. But little did they know that I was really the opposite thing in my life. I was like far from being, if they only knew that my faith, my hope was like so tiny. But that's when the Lord just came through. I just remember sitting there and he said, you know what, in your weakness, Diane, you may feel so weak and so, so small and there's nothing there. In your weakness, I am made strong. I am building that faith in you. You are going to be a woman of faith. I am going to build that faith and that hope to start stirring up in you again. And little by little, I started feeling like it was coming back. Little by little. He heard my desperate plea. I was so desperate, and God's okay with that. He loves it when we're desperate before him. I was literally like, I want to live again. I hate living like this. I want to live again. And Jeff and I, our family, we always watch It's a Wonderful Life every year at Christmas time. And it reminds me of Jimmy Stewart, you know? He wants, he's like, I want to live again. Let me live. I want to believe again. Help me to believe. And I think of that story, Mark 9, 24, when the father brought his little boy that was being tormented by the demons. And he was like, Jesus, Lord, please help here. And he's like, I believe, Lord, but help my unbelief. And God's okay with that. He knows that you have struggles. So I literally was like, Lord, let me know that you're real. Help me to believe again. And he was starting to just do little things here and there, little things that only he knew. I didn't tell anybody else. Little things would happen. I'd be like, oh, my gosh, God did this for me. He's the only one that knew. I didn't tell anybody. Just little things started happening. Amazing things were starting to happen in my kids' lives. Answered prayers. Things were changing in them. They had struggles just like any family. Even the functional families have struggles and issues. As much, maybe not as much as dysfunctional, but even the good family homes, we're all human. We have issues. We have to work together. We have struggles. My kids are awesome, but they struggled in some things, and God came through. They have amazing testimonies, and one of these times I would love them to share. I won't go into that, but that God has done amazing things and challenged them in their own life, and what we've done with our kids is given them room to doubt, to question that freedom where you just don't, hey, you need to believe this. 
It's like, yes, we've nurtured them, we've brought them to church, they know the word of God, we've prayed with them, they know that. But if, if you don't make a place safe at home to where they can actually bring those thoughts and feel open, then who are they gonna go talk to? You don't want them listening to somebody else. Let them question, let them doubt, let them you know, wrestle with it. It's actually good because your faith needs to be tested to make it faith. I mean. If we didn't doubt, faith needs to have that doubt sometimes. You need to know what you believe and why you believe it. And I know my son, Kaylor, he wants to be a philosophy major, and he's got the brain like Jeff, where they, they can go deep and talk philosophical things. And, but he has a burn for people to know why they believe what they believe. And I respect that in my son, and I believe God's going to use him. He'll hang out if a Mormon or JW comes to our house. I'm like, no, we already know Jesus. Shut the door. He'll like, wait a second. I want to hear your story. And he'll go to lunch with them and just, because he wants to know where people are at. And then bring in truth, however, eventually. And it's just kind of cool. And we just, that's what I'm saying, is just be open to that kind of thing. And then they'll get it. The Holy Spirit knows how to do things. He's better at it than we are. He'll come and highlight or touch something in their heart. Anyway, so my faith started growing. And it was just, you know, as the Bible says, faith is a mustard seed. Mustard seed is just tiny. So it started, even as tiny as that, it can move mountains is what the Lord says in the Bible. And so I really felt like, okay, I'm starting to get the hang of it. And I felt his presence so strong. I'm starting to feel that again. And I realized that, you know what, just because of feeling, that's not necessarily meaning that God is real. Because other religions, you can sense things. Other religions can offer peace or they can give all these different things too. But for some reason, that presence that was so, so strong. Other religions, they tend to offer all these different things that the relationship with Jesus Christ does. But they can't really give it to you where you really know that you know and Jeff was telling me today, it's almost like a car salesman. They'll offer you all the stuff, but are you really going to get that in your car? Okay, I'm just going to go through my list super quick here. What other religion can really forgive your sin? Jesus Christ died in the place and offered us, gave us eternal life if we believe. What other religion doesn't require anything on our part? There are religions that you don't necessarily have to do works. <sighs> This could totally get really deep here. But the thing about coming to Christ is he, he did all the work for us. We don't have to go through all the motions and the protocol and do all these things to get into heaven. All he asks us is to believe. It's by grace that we are saved, not by our works. I appreciate Tony's story when he was preaching up here a couple weeks ago about his friend or something that at lunchtime he felt like he had to go home because he touched something unclean or something. I don't know the full length of the story, but he, f he was so caught up in the works, you know, that you have to be this and this and this. And there's a lot of religions that are like that. We don't, of course God wants us to grow in him and challenge in our life to be more like Christ. But we do not have to keep our salvation by, okay, we've got to be at church every day at, you know, at this time, and we've got to pray at this time. There's such freedom in Christ. What other religion or gods can offer the peace, the joy, the deep peace? I mean, that, they'll offer it, and you'll even sense maybe a sense of peace, 
but nothing like God's peace. That is undeniable for some reason. You spoke about peace today. The peace in the storm when we're just like stressed and storms going around, he speaks peace to us so that we can actually hear his voice, think straight. I don't know of any other religion that actually can help you for the long haul that's deep, that's a real peace. And it's very attractive to people who don't have a relationship with the Lord. I was a nanny for a while before I worked. I now work for a chiropractor, but the home that I was in, I really felt it was almost like a mission field for me because I would just kind of pray under my, in my spirit quietly because they were into a lot of New Age or the Eastern religions, and they had different books. You could tell they were searching I mean, big time searching. All different religions have the Buddha statue, and then they'd have some other statue, and you could tell they were searching. But this, this little baby would wake up with nightmares, and babies that young usually don't, and I would go up there, and she, she would just be freaked out. She'd be acting like she would see or sense something, and I would just be singing, Jesus loves me, and just be singing the presence of God. And literally, no joke, and I even told Jeff this, her eyes looked at me, and then she was just like, just, just like, oh. She'd go back to sleep. And I, just then, I was just like, oh, God, you're so amazing. There's no peace like this. And of course, my mama's heart, I'm just like, this little girl, Lord, let her grow up to know you, and I'm just speaking over the house. But anyway, that mom has always said, there's something about you. Why are you always so peaceful? You bring calmness. Are you sure you want to go work for this chiropractor? We'll pay you whatever. You bring calmness to our household. What is it? And a couple of weeks ago, she texted me, can I just come over and hang out? She's a high-up CEO of Adobe. They have money, but it's, she's searching. And these other religions aren't fulfilling that search. They offer things, but they're not fulfilling it. She came and sat in my house, and I'm playing with the baby, she's literally just sitting there and she's reading the scriptures on my wall and she's looking at Jesus calling on my table. And I'm not being spiritual or anything, I'm just being who I am. And she's sensing that peace, that real peace. And I still believe that eventually she's gonna to come to the Lord through that search. Anyway, I'm just saying, it's just so cool. Nobody can explain that. What other religion really knows you personally? Like knows your name. He, he knew me before he created me in my mother's womb. He knows the hairs on my head. I mean, that's, that's incredible to me. He knows my name. Joseph from the Mormon, whatever, he doesn't know my name. Do you know what I mean? These other, I think it's Joseph Smith. No, Jesus, God, the real guy, knows my name. What other religion offers life and life abundantly. Peter, the disciple of Jesus said, Jesus was talking and he said some things that were a little uncomfortable so people kind of left. And he said, Peter, are you gonna leave too? And he says, no, where is there else to go? I mean, you're it. I believe you, you have the words of life. And I've heard people say, I don't really like it, but they, they say, you know what? Even if we're wrong in the end, this is the best of all of them, the relationship with Jesus. I don't think it's wrong. I know that I know that I know that it's the right way and it's the best way. There's nothing like Jesus. So I guess if I had a title, which I said I didn't, I'm kind of thinking about this. I guess what it could be, is God real? Yes, he is. And that's what I feel and I hope that you get that in your spirit. 
And um, I had a really good friend, one of my best friends in Arizona, which I miss her dearly. Her name's Cheetah. She's the cute, my parents know her. She's the cutest lady, and she has gone through major searching in her life of different religions. She couldn't find the answer. She couldn't find it until she found Jesus. And she's been kind of one of our little, Jeff and I have kind of mentored her along the way. And she's far surpassed us. She's an incredible woman of God. And I'm just proud of her. But I asked her, I said, Cheetah, can you text me a little bit about your testimony again? about how you searched and searched and searched, and you found Jesus. Because you know what? I think our society right now is searching. They don't, they don't believe in God. They don't know what's real. They don't want church. They, they want something undeniably real, and we have it to show them in a non-religious way, you know? So anyway, she texted me and said, there are so many voices drowning out God's truth. What I find is that oftentimes especially believers who doubt. They need permission to process fear, anger, you name it. We as a church ask them to get over it and just believe, but we must lovingly allow them to process without guilt and shame. God gives much grace to us all. All he asks is for a tiny mustard seed, and I had already written all this down, so all he asks is only for a tiny mustard seed side's faith, and he can move mountains in their hearts. Experience doesn't sustain us because it's emotional, but change of mind does because it's renewed. The Holy Spirit, and that's, it's hard to explain God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. It can be kind of cumbersome to explain, but Holy Spirit is almost that voice inside you. It's part of God that's speaking to your heart. Holy Spirit made it impossible for me to not believe, and the physical arms that embraced me by others that I shared my life with showed me God's love that I'd never seen before. I couldn't run fast enough into his grace. He offered me the chance to be new. He offered me unconditional love. No other God or religion can offer you unconditional love. Nothing can separate you. Nothing. No matter what you do or think, God loves you so much. So he offered me unconditional love and was willing to forgive all that caused shame and regret He offered me acceptance before I had changed and offered me the grace, power, love, and patience to change. No other God had been able to offer me any of that. I think I also wanted purpose, and I couldn't believe he deliberately made me and designed me for something. No one had ever told me before I have anything to offer, but God said to me, not only do I have something to offer, but he's made me and equipped me for it. And that is pretty cool. And so that just ties it up in a nutshell. So I guess I'm asking, if that's you at all today, it's okay. It's okay to doubt and question. God wants to rush in and be real to you. I mean, very real. He knows where you're at. I came out of that season of life, and I'm of that doubting, and I am just more full of faith. I don't know. God is just so incredible. And again, with your kids, encourage them, encourage them, encourage them. But they can share with you if they've got things that are going on. Make it a a home where you can be vulnerable with each other and pray and talk and share. And again, if I call them the prodigal sons for no other word, but a son or a daughter that's still out there and not knowing, oh God, in Jesus' name, bring them back. 
work on their hearts, God. You're the only one that knows how to do it. I pray that you would rub shoulders, cause them to have divine moments, rubbing shoulders with other people, God, that would flicker, flicker that flame again, where they would believe again. God, that's your heart, that's your heart, that's your heart. Do that in Jesus' name. You know, I love City Life, and I'm excited for you guys. And I know that we're a church that accepts that we're a loving, grace-filled, hope-filled place. And I'm excited for the days ahead. And I know that church is going to look different. Both Jeff and I feel this. We've talked to many. Church is going to look different in the future. We got to get on the. We got to get going with what God's doing. It may look different in a year or two. We have a lot of young adults in this church that I, just hearing their vision, they've got some ideas that they feel God's putting on their heart and they're getting together and they're planning and they're gonna implement some of this this fall. And I'm like, go for it. I wanna get alongside of them. We need to come along and be a part of what God's doing in this church. There's something new that's gonna happen. There's something fresh that's starting and it's not gonna look churchy or be stuffy. It's going to be all accepting the people. It's God's heart. I'm so excited. Anyway, I hope you all leave with something today that God is real. He wants to work in your life, okay? And you can judge me all you want. I don't care. I'm good with God. So if you could all stand, I just want to pray a quick prayer and a blessing over you guys. Oh, Father, I've delivered the word that you wanted me to, and it wasn't easy. It was very vulnerable, but God, we're family. We need each other. We can say the God-honest truth to people, and there's going to be people there that lift us up and pray with us. And you can handle it when we're not dealing well with our emotions, and we're doubting, and we're mad, but you're so gracious and loving. You're like, hey, that's okay. I'm here. I'll pick you up. I'm with you. I'm walking with you. Thank you, Lord, for your love. I pray for everybody here, God, that they would leave with a new, fresh nugget of something, Lord, that you've spoken to them. I pray that even this week they would hear your voice in a new way, and they would know it was you in a new way, Lord. I speak to every mom today, God. I pray blessing over them. Their hearts cry of things that they've prayed about, God. I pray that you would come in and answer those. Let this year be a year of answered prayers for them, God, whatever their concern. You know what it is, and you care more than anybody else, and you're working on their behalf. It's going to be a beautiful story. It really is of redemption and healing physically, mentally, emotionally. I pray for the women that want to be a mom and their wombs are closed. Lord, let the barren woman be open. My heart is for those who cannot get pregnant. Lord, I pray right now, whoever they are, if they're not even here today, I don't know, Lord Jesus, I, I speak life and conception into their, their life, Lord. Pray that blessing over them. Thank you, Father God, for your awesome grace and love and joy. You are it. You have the words of life. There's nowhere else to go. We thank you, Lord. Blessing over everyone today in Jesus' name. And those who don't know you, have never, ever believed in you or even said a prayer of belief, God, I pray that you would cause their heart to know you 
and that hear you and accept your offer to them that, and your gift to them of eternal life. Live forever in heaven with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 